to ask you this by the way of introduction. How many of y'all today, honestly, are facing some kind of obstacle? You've got some kind of thing that you're going through. I believe there's a lot of us, in fact, every one of us are facing some kind of obstacle. Maybe it's a health-related issue. It could be a job a situation. Perhaps it might be a relationship that's just not right. We all face obstacles. Every one of us do. It might be a tendency that you have to worry or to be anxious or to be fearful in these trying days. Maybe you've gotten angry or maybe you've got another need that's gotten you, you're facing an obstacle. And for that reason, I want to tell you what happened to me on Friday. I had the privilege of going down to Macon uh, Hospital there and visiting one of our dear beloved own, Brother Bud Greenway. I know you've been praying for Brother Bud as I have. As I made my way to the hospital on uh, Friday, I went to the elevator, pushed the fourth floor, went up onto the fourth floor. The elevators opened up the doors. I walked into the room of the ICU room, and there was Brother Bud in that room laying on his bed. As I walked into the room, Brother Bud turned, and he reached out his hand to shake my hand. And so I shook his hand. I said, Brother Bud, we love you, my brother. We're praying for you. And anyway, then I shared with him how I was informed of the situation. He's been in the hospital over a week. In fact, when he was first taken to the hospital, he was put on oxygen 90%. We were told uh, when he first went in that if he did not improve, he would be moved into the ICU room and have to be put on a ventilator. How many know that's not good? And so we prayed and prayed, and I know I was burdened to pray for Brother Bud day and night uh, last week, and many of you, and we joined together as a church to pray for Brother Bud. I believe there's power in prayer, don't you? That was mighty weak, folks. I believe there's power in prayer, don't you? Oh, hallelujah. And then the next thing you know, the very next day, all it would have taken is just, just a, a little bit more, and he'd have been on a ventilator. 90%, they said, there's nowhere else to go. Your next step is in there. But we prayed and believed the Lord, and God, praise his holy name, answered. The next day went down to 70% oxygen. The next day down to 60% oxygen. And when I was there, it was down to about 28% oxygen. I think we ought to praise the Lord, don't you? Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And I've said, Brother Bud, we love you. We're praying for you. Believe in God. He's able to sit up. Yesterday, he and I were talking and texting, and the family's asked for some rest because he really needs rest, and that's why I'm not giving out the number. But anyway, he sat up yesterday for, he said, about eight or nine hours. He said, I'll be watching on Sunday. Hello, Brother Bud. God bless you, brother. I hope he's watching. And uh, why, why don't y'all turn around and wave to the live stream right now, would you? Just say, hello, Brother Bud. Uh, God bless you. We're praying for you. Believing the Lord's going to raise you up. Anyway, he, uh, he's facing these obstacles, and uh, uh, we just rejoice in God's healing power. So we'll see the next few days, and keep him on your prayer list. I want to share with you today, there are four ways that I believe that you and I can face these obstacles and overcome obstacles, watch this, with opportunities. Overcoming obstacles with opportunities. 
And that's the message, the title of the message the Lord's put in my heart to share with you today. Overcoming obstacles with opportunities. Now, you're facing obstacles, and you know you are. It, again, it might be with money or finances. I talked with my daughter and met with her this week, and we prayed about a certain need she had. We're all facing obstacles, every one of us. I talked with my son this week. He's also facing obstacles, and I prayed with him as well. And I believe every one of you, if you're honest with God, you've got some need on your heart today. Four ways, four ways, please write them down. Please let the Spirit of God get them in your heart. And I believe today is going to be a blessing to you. I believe in when we finish the message in just a few moments, that the Lord is going to allow you and me to turn these obstacles into opportunities as we overcome. Don't you want to know how? I believe you do. So, let's turn in our Bibles to the book of 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. Overcoming obstacles with opportunities. And we began in chapter 3. But let me just quickly uh, share with you some historical information as we lead up to the text. You're well aware of the fact that this church was established and it's recorded in the book of Acts chapter 17. Paul and his missionary team. By the way, Paul was not only a missionary, he was an evangelist and he was a pastor at the same time. Imagine that, Brother Joe. An evangelist, a missionary, and a pastor at the same time. At any rate, the church was birthed and Paul reasoned through the scriptures the Bible teaches in the book of Acts chapter 17, and he taught on the return of Jesus Christ. But he was run out of town after three weeks, and yet there was a church birth, and believers uh, were established in the church. However, he sent Timothy back to the church after he wrote this first epistle in, from Corinth and then the second epistle a few months later. That gives you a little background up to this particular book. Now, I love 2 Thessalonians. Again, a few months later, he wrote this particular letter to the church. They were facing persecution, affliction, and obstacles like we are today. And God's got a message for you, my brother. God's got a message for you, my sister, today. And you see, uh, the Lord uh, instructed Paul to write concerning the coming of the Lord. Chapter 1 of uh, 2 Thessalonians says that they turn from idols to turn to the living God to wait for the Son from heaven that he might deliver us from the wrath to come. And so chapter 2, let's lead up to chapter 3. Let me give you a little background. The next event on God's calendar is Jesus Christ, as Brother Joe said, will come in the clouds. Where are we headed? We're headed to see Jesus coming in the clouds. And then not only that, Paul said in chapter 2, verse 1, I beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, our gathering together unto him. That word gathering together is the picture of the snatching away. He said that you be not soon shaken in mind or trouble and spirit or by word or by letter from us, that the day of the Lord is at hand. So he's introducing the subject of the day of the Lord. He's talking about the next event, Christ coming in the clouds. But do you know what else he describes? The Antichrist will emerge. He'll stand on the scene. Yes, right now there's a restrainer. There's something holding him back, and that is the church. Because when the church is taken away, then the man of sin will be revealed. All of this is in chapter 2 of the book of 2 Thessalonians. And I felt like that was important for you to have a little bit of information as we lead into chapter 3. But not only that, the church will be taken away right now. You think it's bad, but you wait till the church is gone. 
We hadn't seen anything yet. My, all hell's going to break loose then. And then the Lord said that uh, he is going to allow Satan to run his course until he finally meet his final demise, which will be the lake of fire. And many will be deceived during that time as they are today. Now, that leads us to chapter 3. And I want to share with you four ways I believe that you can turn your obstacles into opportunities. Hopefully, we'll draw some practical application to and from the Word of God by the power of the Holy Spirit of God today. Question, did you come to church today expecting something? Did you come to church today praying that the Holy Spirit of God would show you and reveal to you and would break through in your life? I believe if you did, you're going to get something out of the message today. Stand with me as we read 2 Thessalonians, please, chapter 3. I want to begin in verse 1. Finally, brethren. Now, the word finally, do you know what the word finally means? For a preacher, it don't mean anything. When a preacher says finally or in closing, don't pay attention. It don't mean anything at all. And Paul is the same way. Finally, brethren, notice what he said. Underline this next phrase. Pray for us. Let's say that together. Pray for us. Let's say that together. Everybody needs prayer. I want to preach today on the subject, everybody and anybody and somebody and nobody. You see, the Lord got a nobody, and he made me a somebody, and he'll save anybody. That's why I want to tell everybody. And I want to talk today on the subject of everybody and anybody and somebody and nobody. Keep reading. Finally, brethren, pray for us. Paul is urging the church to pray for him that the word of the Lord might have free course. How many Sunday school teachers are praying this same prayer? Nobody? I can't see anybody's hand. Any Sunday school teachers praying this? Thank you, Eddie. Every Sunday school teacher ought to be praying, God, may the word of God fall on good ground. You see, it's not our oratorical abilities and our, you know, articulation that gets the job done. It's the spirit of God taking the word of God that changes lives. Ah, yes. Now notice. He said, pray for us that the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified even as with you and that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men. For all men have not faith. Verse 3. But the Lord is faithful. Let's say that together. But the Lord is faithful. Say it again. Do you believe the Lord is faithful? Look at your neighbor and say, God sure has been faithful to me. God sure has been faithful to me. I don't know about you, my friend, but the Lord has been faithful to me. And if he's been faithful, you ought to tell somebody. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Look at this. But the Lord is faithful who shall establish you. Now, that word establish means strengthen. Uh, the Lord is faithful who will support you. Stay rizzo is the word. But the Lord is faithful who will establish you and, notice, keep you from evil. That word keep means guard. I got news for you. Y'all look up here just a minute. If the Lord doesn't keep us from evil, the devil will have heyday with every one of us. And that's why you and I need Jesus today. Your family needs Jesus today. Brother and sister, I want to tell you something. The enemy is like a roaring lion walking about whom he may desire to gulp down. That's why we need to resist him steadfast in the faith. The Lord is faithful. Oh, precious holy name, who shall establish you and keep you from evil. Then verse 4. We have confidence in the Lord. We have confidence in the Lord. Yes, we have confidence in the Lord touching you that you both do and will do the things which we command you. And the Lord direct your hearts, notice, 
in the love of God and into the hupomene, into the patient, that means steadfastness, endurance, unto the patient waiting for Christ. This is the word of the Lord, and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I'm nothing but your everything. We come hungry. We come thirsty. I pray you'll deliver us from distractions, from everything and anything that will hinder us from receiving the incorruptible, indestructible, engrafted Word of God. Lord, we need it. We need you. We need your blessings. We need your power. We need your anointing. We need, Lord, your protection on our families. Oh, Father, we pray now that you'll open our ears to hear the small, still voice of the Holy Spirit, and you'll quicken our hearts to receive Lord, the filling and the anointing of your Holy Spirit, cleanse my heart and deliver me from sin and self. We pray now for breakthroughs. Lord, I know there's many hurting today, many, Lord, facing challenges. We ask now for uh, victory, victory, victory. Oh, God, give us faith to rise above. Give us grace to keep our eyes on you in the midst of this troubled world. We ask now, O oh Lord, to be glorified through it all. Thank you again for your grace, your goodness, your forgiveness. I pray you'll save the lost, revive the saved. We ask it in Jesus' name. And the church said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. All right, four ways, four ways, four ways you and I can overcome the obstacles. Number one, everybody needs prayer. Everybody needs prayer. I find that in verse 1. Number 2, anybody can trust God to protect them. I find that in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse number 3. Number 3, everybody needs prayer, number 1. Number 2, anybody can trust the Lord to protect them if we'll put our faith in Him. Then number 3, Somebody ought to praise the Lord for his faithfulness. I find that in verse 3, number 4. Nobody ought to be left behind when Jesus Christ comes again. Nobody ought to be left behind when Jesus Christ comes again. Do you all know in Jasper County there were two young men that drowned uh, in uh, this week? Two young men uh, were in a, a boat fishing down in Jasper County. The boat turned over. One was able to escape, but two young men died. 45, I think, and 25. And I wondered and hoped that they were ready to meet the Lord. My heart was saddened to hear that. Did you know a helicopter crashed in Jasper County and three men were killed? Three men lost their lives? So that's five total. In addition to a funeral I went to, Brother Joe, Miss Janice Dumas passed away and I went to her funeral. All you got to do is open up the Monticello newspaper and see it's not decreasing the obituary column, rather it's increasing. It really is. And so... Look, listen, how can you and I overcome obstacles? How can we do it? Number one, everybody needs prayer. Number two, anybody can trust the Lord. Number three, somebody ought to praise the Lord Jesus. And number four, nobody needs to die unprepared when Jesus Christ comes again. Time out. On my way to church today, the Lord reminded me. Look, look here, look here, everybody. Look here. Now, please look here. That's the old uh, Southern saying, look here. Do you know how many people have died on Jackson Lake Road? I got to thinking about it, a number of them. But just over the last 30 years, 
I had the privilege of preaching a 46-year-old young man's funeral that died on a, by a car wreck right down here. I had the privilege of preaching a 26-year-old young man's funeral right down here, Jackson Lake Road, motorcycle wreck. Another 18-year-old died right here on Jackson Lake Road. I'm talking about three, three, 46, 26, and 18 years old. All I'm saying is uh, this is real, and we better ready to meet the Lord. Number one, everybody needs prayer. Everybody needs prayer. Look what the Lord said. Finally, brethren, pray for us. Let's say this again. Pray for us. One more time. How many of y'all need prayer today? Thank you. That's a little bit. Mamas and daddies, you need prayer. Don't act like you don't. You do. Every daddy, every mama, if you're not on your knees at the altar today, I'm going to wonder why not. I'm going to wonder, have you got things in control? Do you think you've got things in control? Do you think that everything's going to be okay? Do you need to draw near to God? Do you need to cry out and call out to the Lord for the welfare of your children? I say all of us do for our children, our grandchildren. We need the Lord to bless them, protect them, and to guide them in the will of God. And so I, I tell you, I need prayer. Paul said, pray for me. I need prayer. Y'all know what? On the lighter side, you know what? We um, had the privilege of sharing the Word of God, and one of our feedbacks uh, in sharing the gospel through the ministry of New Rocky Creek, I noticed somebody, and by the way, God's given us a platform now. We're not only sending missionaries, giving money to people to go to Africa and Israel and China and Russia. We as a church, New Rocky Creek Baptist Church, are able to air through the ways of uh, media, through the technology of internet, we as a church are able to carry the gospel and share the good news with Jesus Christ across the seas, across in foreign lands. And I say hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Woo! Glory, glory, glory. Tell you what, what a mighty God. Look here, we're praying for our Jerusalem. Jasper County. We're praying for our Judea, Georgia. But we're praying for our Samaria and all to the uttermost parts of the world. I believe we serve a big God. I believe God's given us a big vision. I believe God is telling us the hours late and what we do, we better do it now for the Lord because the gospel is still the power of God and we're not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. I had a person, I was setting you up for what a person said. They said, they said, Pastor, my brother, I'm hoping you'll soon convert to a Muslim. That's funny, isn't it? That's really funny, isn't it? I think that's funny. You know why? And I appreciate this person and, and you, those that may be listening even today that are Muslims. Look, Jesus came to die for all. By the way, he is God's son. By the way, I would not be a Muslim, number one, because Muhammad can't take away sin. I would not be Muslim, number two, because the Quran doesn't hold a candle to the Word of God. The Bible is the inspired Word of God. It's forever settled in heaven. 
It's archaeological, cooperated. It's historically reliable. Its prophetic accuracy is unparalleled. There's no book like the Bible book, the Quran, the Pearl of a Great Price, or the Book of Mormons, or no other book can claim what the Bible claims to be the infallible, the inerrant, and the unbroken Word of God. Amen. Praise the Lord. The message has changed my life. The message of the Bible. And so, and so to my friends, Muslim friends, we serve the God of the Bible and uh, not uh, a book that's being abrogated or changed. But now, pray for us, beloved. Pray for us. I met with a son and a mother this week, and they said, pray for us. I'm telling you, families get our wires crossed every once in a while. How many know what I'm talking about? And, and uh, young people, we get our wires crossed. My mama used to tell me this. She said, son, I brought you into this world, and I can take you out real quick. <laughs> I said, yes. By the way, you heard about the mama that they said, would you, if you had to do it over again, would you have children? She said, yes, but not the same ones. <laughs> All right? Anyway, hey, here's the deal. Pray for us. I had the privilege of meeting with a mother and a son and praying for each one of them. Oh, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And not only that, but I was down at a restaurant uh, here recently, and the owner of the restaurant came up to me, the owner now, and said, Pastor, will you pray for me? I said, I'll be honored to pray for you. And so we got together. I said, you want me to pray right here in the restaurant? He said, Jesus comes to restaurants, doesn't he? <laughs> All right. I said, yes, sir, he does. Let's pray right now. We prayed. And then you know what he said? He said, Pastor, will you pray for my employees? You heard me right. Will you pray for my employees? I said, man, I'd be honored to pray for your employees. And so I said, look, I don't want to take them away from their work. He said, no, they need prayer, and I want you to pray for them. So some stepped outside right there. I didn't keep them too long. Somebody say amen. But anyway, I didn't want to keep them from the work. But anyway, and so we prayed and believed the Lord. You know what was best of all? I got a free meal. <laughs> Telling you, the power of prayer, the power of prayer. Somebody's on your heart today. Somebody needs prayer today. Somebody needs you to touch heaven. There's somebody right now. They're not walking with the Lord, and they're needing you and me to stand in the gap and intercede for them. Everybody needs prayer. Everybody needs prayer. That leads us to number two. Not only does everybody need prayer, but I believe somebody, look here, uh, anybody, rather, anybody can trust the Lord for his protection. And now if you'll notice in the text, not only does everybody need prayer, because prayer, watch this, it not only changes everything, watch this, it changes me. And that's what's needed. When I get with the Lord, like I did earlier this morning about 530 and got with the Lord, and I said, oh, God, I'm nothing but you're everything. Lord, it's not about me, it's about you. Jesus, I want you to cleanse me, to fill me. And you see, when we get with the Lord Jesus, it changes not only things, it changes us. And then we get in position to intercede. James put it this way. He said, confess your faults one to another. Pray for one another. You might be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. That's James 5, 16. And not only that, but Daniel, he did not start praying Daniel when he was thrown into the lion's den. Daniel made it a daily discipline. 
Can I ask you a personal question? Don't raise your hand. How many of you have a daily quiet time every day? Let me encourage you, if you don't, don't just pray like a spare tire when you have a flat. Uh, don't just pray, uh, you know, when you get in trouble. No, no, the Lord wants us to establish, what's this, a relationship with Him. Prayer is not just meant to get what we want. Prayer is meant to have a time of fellowship relationship with the Lord. And the Lord wants to spend time with you and He wants to spend time with me. And that's what changes us. And Paul put it this way, but we all with open face beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord are changed from glory to glory even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Elijah was a man of prayer. In, in the book of 1 Kings, he prayed and God provided uh, through the ravens, the birds, food for Elijah. Uh, Elijah prayed and it didn't rain for three and a half years. But wait a minute. I read over there in chapter 18, after praying for the fire to fall, remember, as he challenged the 450 prophets, false prophets, and the 400 other false prophets, total of 850 prophets, false prophets. He said, if the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal be God, follow him. And do you remember this account, how God sent the fire? Oh, yes, when the fire falls, but wait a minute, I forgot to tell you. Remember he told him to put four barrels of water on the altar? Four barrels of water. Now, how many know that fire and water doesn't go together? You know that? Fire and water, uh, fire and water doesn't go together. One Sunday school teacher was asking her students, said, why in the world did Elijah put water on that altar, on that sacrifice? One little girl said, I know. He was making the gravy, all right? When the fire fell, he had to have some gravy. I'll tell you this. When the fire falls, and Elijah prayed. He was a man of prayer. And that's what James is saying. He's got a like passion like us. We just talk about prayer, I'm afraid to say, often, and we really don't engage and be disciplined to get uh, in a time of fellowship with the Lord on a daily basis. But wait a minute, today you can change that. Today you can say, Lord, I have abandoned my sweet hour of prayer, but I, I want to come back. I want to rebuild those broken down walls. I want, Lord Jesus, to have some time with you and secret alone, he that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. That's Psalm 91.1. He'll give us the desires of our heart. Delight yourself in the Lord. He'll give you the desires of your heart. Psalm 37 and verse 4. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. He delighteth in his way, and though he fall, he shall not only be cast down. For the Lord upholds him with his hand. That's Psalm 37, verses 23 and 24. The just man walks in his integrity, and his children shall be blessed after him. Yes, I love that verse in the book of Proverbs chapter 17 and verse 6. And blessed is a man who walks not in the counsel of the godly, nor standeth the way of the sinner, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. His delight is in the law of the Lord. His law doth he meditate both day and night. He'll be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, brings forth his fruit in his season, and his leaf does not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. That's Psalm chapter 1. And so the Lord wants us to know he's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to the power. Oh, yes. Worketh in us. That's Ephesians chapter 3 and verse number 20. And the disciples came to Jesus and said, Lord, teach us to pray. That's Luke chapter 11, verse 1. And Luke chapter 18, verse 1. Remember what Jesus said in the parable about the unjust judge? He said, Will not God avenge his own elect that cry to him day and night? I tell you, will avenge him speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? And that's why Luke, the physician, said this in Luke 18, 1. Men ought always to pray and not to faint. 
Yes, that's why Jeremiah said, Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Asking you shall receive, seeking you shall find, knocking it shall be open to you. Whosoever asks you to receive it, he that seeketh find it. And to him that knocketh it shall be open. That's Matthew chapter 7, verse 7 and 8. No wonder the Lord said in the Sermon on the Mount, namely in Matthew 7 11, he said, If we being evil know how to give good gifts unto our children, how much more will our Heavenly Father give good things to them that ask him? So when we talk about prayer, we're talking about praying in the will of God. John wrote to believers in that epistle, 1 John 5, verse 14 and 15. This is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he hear us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions we desired of him. I love that. Oh, listen, praying in the will of God. And I told old brother Bud, and told his family when he first got sick, I said, hey, I know Brother Bud. How many of y'all remember, have you been around Brother Bud long enough to know how he prays? Here's how he prays. Not my will, but thy will be done. Buddy, that's a great prayer to pray. It is. That's why we can come boldly to the throne of grace. Prayer changes. Hey, look, somebody's standing today needing prayer. The enemy has set up his dirty traps to trap you and you're being tempted and you're slipping and sliding and the enemy's trying to hit you from the blind side yes he comes in like a flood when the enemy comes in like a flood the spirit of the lord will lift up a standard against him and no weapon that is formed against thee isaiah 54 17 and isaiah 59 19 no weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper every tongue that rises in judgment thou shalt condemn this is the heritage of the servants of the lord and his righteousness is of him. I'm glad to tell you, thank God when we seek the Lord and cry out to God. I don't think you really believe in the power of prayer, but I want to tell you, Jonah believed in the power of prayer. He was the prejudice prophet chapter 1. He was the praying prophet chapter 2. He was the preaching prophet chapter 3. But he was the pouting prophet chapter 4. There's power when we get to God's throne of grace. Is there anybody here that's going to dare to believe God? You have not because you ask not. That's why we're not receiving more. We're not asking the Lord more. We have not because we ask not. We receive not because we ask amiss. Hey, look, number 3. Anybody can trust the Lord for his protection. Look what Paul wrote. But the Lord is faithful. But the Lord is faithful. Will you say that with me? But the Lord is faithful. One more time. If God hadn't been faithful to you, please. If God hadn't been faithful to you, don't say a word. Don't move a muscle. Don't say amen. Don't raise your hand. Don't shout. If God has not been faithful to you, I'm not talking to you right now. I'm not talking to you. If God hadn't been faithful to you, I'm not talking to you. Okay? I'm talking to only those who the Lord has been faithful to. But the Lord is faithful who will establish you and keep you from evil. The Lord, anybody can trust the Lord for his protection. How many know that if God takes his hand off of you, or your marriage, or your children, or your home, we are sunk. Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh in vain. That's Psalm 127, verses 1 and 2. Yes, he 
He's able to keep us from falling and present us faultless before the presence of His glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory, honor, majesty, and power, both now and forevermore. Jude 24 and 25. Yes, He's faithful to establish you and keep you from evil. Keep you from the evil one. I don't know about you today, but I do believe. I know about some of you. You say, dear God, dear God. And there's some of us today that might... Be impressed like I am every once in a while. Now, y'all can look at your pastor like he's crazy. I've been called other things. Somebody say amen. But when I go to my house, and when I was here last night at the church by myself, the Lord said, Son, I want you to go through every one of these chairs and say, God, I pray whoever sits right there, you'll bless them. God, I pray whoever sits right there, you'll just reveal yourself to them. Lord, I pray you're blood will be applied to the walls and the doors of our homes and our families in the name of Jesus for the word of God says that we're to submit to God resist the devil he'll flee from us they overcame Satan by the blood of the lamb child of God we're not the tail we're the head child of God out of our innermost being flows rivers of living water hey child of God the Lord has said it's your for the taking it's yours for the relationship don't stand off and lose out and miss out but get in on everything God has for you oh yes he's faithful the Lord is faithful how many would say pastor the Lord has been faithful to supply my needs maybe not my wants but my needs can I just tell you all a revelation please look at me up here just a minute can I tell you a revelation are you looking? Some of you are not looking. All right, thank you. Now I see you looking. Hey, can I tell you what, uh, what God convicted me about this week? This is what the Lord said, spoke in my heart, still small voice. Son, instead of complaining what you don't have, you need to start thanking me for what you do have. Amen. Oh, brother, that's revival. <laughs> hey, instead of murmuring what we don't have, let's bless the Lord what we do have. Anybody can trust the Lord for his protection. Somebody ought to praise Jesus for his faithfulness. Now, I don't know about you, but when Brother Joe was singing that song, Heaven came down in glory, fill my soul. You know what I was thinking about? I was thinking about one day when I was lost and undone without God, without a son. I was thinking about how I was in the pit. I was in the bottom, in, in the bottom of the pit, and I could not become good enough. And that's why Jesus became good enough. And I could not climb out of the pit. I could not help myself. I couldn't reach up high enough. And that's why the Lord came down low enough. And I want to tell you today, I haven't got over the fact that Jesus climbed down in the pit. He pulled me up out of the miry clay, a sinner deserving nothing but hell, a person who deserves nothing but judgment. Why the Lord just didn't let me die and go to hell, I don't know. But I want to tell you, he brought me up out of the horrible pit. He put my feet on the solid rock. He gave me a song. He gave me joy, unspeakable, full of glory. He's changed my life, and he's promised to take me one day to be with him in heaven. Hallelujah. One day I'll get time to spend with him. Can you beat that? Has the Lord been good to you? Has the Lord been faithful to you? Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. I would to God that we'd get over our pride and get over our, our 
reserve and we just start saying, Lord, I want to thank you today. I want to praise you today. Listen to me, beloved. I know this is going to ruffle some feathers, but I love sports too. But what's more important than sports is Jesus. And brother, if you can shout and hoop and holler at a ball game and you can't shout and thank God at church, there's something wrong. I said, there's something wrong. I said, there's something wrong. Yes, out of our innermost being flows rivers of living water. Listen, beloved, what's more important than any Super Bowl or World Series or National Championship or anything like that is the glory of the Lord. It's the grace of God. It's the love of God. It's for sinners to get saved. It's for me and you to live a life of worship and praise to God. And I got news for you. When we come to the house of God, it's time to praise the Lord. It is. You know, I'll be honest with you. I'm not being ugly here. I love each one of you know that. But I almost assure you, most of us, if not 99% of us, when we leave the doors, we don't praise the Lord. So if we don't do it now, when are we going to do it? I can't hear you. I'm not just saying utter the words, praise the Lord. I'm talking about really, really, really. Oh, yes. Enter his cage with thanksgiving, his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him, for the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. His truth endureth to all generations. I know some are more emotional than others, but God is. Jesus Christ has been good to all of us. Yes, he has. All right, quickly, and I'm almost done. God is faithful. You think about how many today need to get on your knees or at least need to get with the Lord and say, God, one of them names in the obituary column in Jasper County could have been mine. I can't hear you. I can't hear you. Robert, were you involved in the divers that went and got the men out of the, I saw in the paper, and I thought about Robert back there. But look, look, we're on borrowed time. Y'all don't believe that, do you? You think you just, you don't, you don't think your name will be in the obituary column. Look at me. It can be. I'm not being critical. I'm just saying we need to seize the moment. We need to uh, appreciate the time we do have. Amen. And that's all I'm trying to say is let's, let's make the best of the time. Use our influence, all right? And so God has been faithful now then, and I'm almost done. Everybody needs prayer. Anybody can trust the Lord for his protection. Somebody ought to praise the Lord Jesus. All of this is found in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. But nobody needs to die unprepared when Jesus returns. The Lord direct your hearts in the agape love of God, into the steadfastness waiting for Christ. That has reference to when Christ comes again. That's exactly what that means when Christ comes again. I'm glad my God's alive, aren't you? Tammy, I'm glad you're well, too. I didn't mention you, but praise the Lord. Jim's here. Tammy's here. Who else? Who else is here? Y'all here? Everybody else here? Hey, some of our dear beloved church family's been sick, but y'all are back. Isn't that a blessing? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Malcolm, you're here. God bless you. Drove all the way up to Washington, you said, didn't you tell me? Pray for Malcolm. Hey, look. Y'all won't believe this, but to God be the glory. Obstacles turned into opportunities. I talked with a couple some time ago, 
husband and wife, been married 20 years. This is what they said. It's over. We're done. No resolving, period. And so I said, well, wait a minute. Do you believe God can heal hurts and restore the broken down walls? It was done. There was a separation of thousands of miles. Not for one week, not for two weeks, months, months, months. And so uh, the Lord began to move on my heart to pray for this particular couple and try to be available to help any way we could with the Lord's help. I ended up talking with the husband thousands of miles away and praying with him. It was December last year. Prayed with the wife and prayed with the husband. And I was told they were, God was doing good work there. We prayed on the phone. We prayed together. Last Sunday, when I walked out of my Sunday school class, a man who I'd never met before looked me right in the eyes. He said, Pastor, my marriage is back together. He and his wife were sitting right here in New Rocky Creek Baptist Church last Sunday. Well, bless the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In fact, they bought a house right down on Jackson Lake Road. My God's alive. <laughs> Stand together.